episode of Red Zone Talk. Uh, my name is Paul Solano. I'm your host. And joining me again, my co-host, Brad Loprinzi. Brad, I pronounced your last name correctly. Is that right? Yeah, it's you're, you're good. You're good. Loprinzi, the Italian way. <laughs> I meant to like ask you before we started to, to uh, make sure I got that on. But um, anyways, welcome back to the show. I feel like this will be a fun one. NFL Week 2 was incredible. It was in my opinion, we got so much better football than week one. Oh, 1,000%. Week one, if especially being a Giants fan, wasn't the greatest. Week two was phenomenal. Every game was pretty much great. The Monday night ones, a little bit of an exception. But other than that, I really enjoyed uh, week two. Yeah, I don't have a specific stat on me, but I do think that there is at least – if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say there was at least 10 one-score games. I'm like quickie, quickly glancing at it, and that seems pretty accurate. There's – just a handful of uh, games that didn't finish in one score. Um, so we had pretty incredible week two, which gives us so much to talk about. Actually, I just looked. Uh, there was 11, actually. So 11. Crazy. Crazy. That, that is awesome. That is, And that just goes to show um, just how great week two was. But yeah. uh, before we get into our week two recap, um, of course, got to start off with uh, – our NFL news, our NFL injury updates. We'll kick it off with the news. Not as much this week, but maybe the biggest news um, already, especially this early in the season, is trade talks. Um, Rams running back Cam Akers, there have been some trade talks centered around him. He was inactive on Sunday as Tyron Williams is the official starter. It's already been reported that the Bucks, Ravens, Raiders, and Browns are teams that have inquired uh, three of those, or I should say two of the teams, the Ravens and Browns, obviously don't surprise me, but the Bucks and Raiders definitely surprised me considering Rashad White. Uh, he played pretty well on Sunday and obviously the Raiders are paying Josh Jacobs. Um, Brad, your thoughts on a potential suitor for acres. You want to know my honest opinion? I honestly think the New York football giants, I honestly, as, especially, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a giants fan. But I honestly think with Saquon, he's obviously injury prone. He's going to be out for three weeks. Akers is a proven back. He had a great week one. It just I don't think he just fits in McVay's system. So if you trade him like a fifth round or sixth round pick for Akers and they take it, I'd take him on the Giants. Do I think it'll happen? Probably not. But um, I think the Giants would be a good fit. But other than that, I, I, think, I think Baltimore. I think Baltimore after J.K. Dobbins went down, I think uh, he could fit really well with Lamar Jackson and then offensive scheme. So I think uh, Baltimore would be a perfect suitor, and I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up a Raven. Gotcha. All right. All right. That's interesting to go back. I know you said he had a great week one. He actually had a really poor week one. He only averaged 1.3 yards per carry, uh, had a ton of touches, but um, he, he's been a weird player um, and he hasn't fully yeah. like, I was, uh, I was referring to uh, fantasy wise where he yes. got like more than eight points. And I'll take that as a good week. <laughs> that sometimes is always the hardest of like, it t- I didn't realize he was so bad week one until I looked back at the stat sheet recently um, when he was inactive. I'm kind of like, I don't really know what the perfect fit is. I mean, I think when you think of the Ravens, but they have a good thing going still with Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. Justice Hill has been like that pass catching back there, down back. Gus Edwards is kind of the bruiser. Um, when it comes to the Browns, I mean, Jerome Ford looked fantastic on Monday night. They already are visiting with Kareem Hunt. I feel like that's a seamless fit to have Ford and Hunt as, like, your two back. I don't really know where I think Akers goes. I think it's 
I could see maybe a wild card like the Chiefs coming out of nowhere um, just to add some additional depth and just get another piece to the puzzle. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Cam Akers' market is really dry just because of the struggles. Um, I don't think he's a guy who's going to come in and be a starter. Obviously, he's going to be someone who's looking as a as a complimentary piece, but um, we'll see. I do think that this, in my opinion, just the way that I'm hearing this Cam Akers stuff, this sounds like agent talk, and I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Akers is just cut straight up and uh, he's got to fight on the open market and see yeah. what's available. Yeah, and especially just, you know, like I mentioned, drafting fantasy-wise, I'll take, you know, eight points in a week one just to get something out of him as a win. And then in week two, I, I honestly, I'm in like four different leagues. And one of my leagues, I honestly forgot to take him off my starting lineup. I'm like, oh, man, that's right. Because it's almost a player you forget about. Because like, like, he like last year, he was supposed to be like a great player. And then this year, it just, same thing week one. He was supposed to be really good. I thought he was going to play decent. I mean, I'll take the eight fantasy points and then that's it. <laughs> so it's just, I don't think Mave likes him. I, I don't know. I really don't know. But he, he needs a new team soon. Yeah, and I, I think it's bound to happen eventually. Um, with some contract stuff, Patrick Mahomes, he got paid once again. Really more of a restructure. Basically, from my understanding of the contract, is um, he's still under contract, I think, for nine more years. But basically what the Chiefs are doing is they're looking at like four-year increments where they can basically restructure the deal to give him more money that are that's guaranteed. So he's going to get $210 million guaranteed from 2023 to 2026. Um, from what I'm told, that's the most fully guaranteed money in a four-year span. Um, basically what it sounds like is the Chiefs are just trying to do good business with their franchise quarterback. Doesn't really, It's not really a, a net negative or a net positive. It's just their franchise guy who clearly is underpaid at this point um, and they don't, obviously they've had issues with Chris Jones. They don't want to run into an issue with a guy who can literally cost that team a season. You said it. I mean, he is the best quarterback by far, best NFL player by far. Like if there's tier one, he's all the way on Mount Everest and everyone's trying to climb and get to him because he is just the best NFL player we've seen in probably the last five years. Like Mahomes is the guy. I'm, I'm not a huge, huge Mahomes fan. I like him because he's so good, and, you know, I just – I respect a player of that caliber, but he is the best player in the league, like, by far. He needed his money. He got paid. Good for him. It's the Chiefs guy. It's the NFL's icon right now. So, he got his money uh, well-deserved, and we'll see if he keeps on winning. For sure, for sure. And then last piece of uh, news, Viking signed free agent guard Dalton Risner. Reisner, I think I pronounced that correctly. A lot of people were speculating where he would go, starter for the past four years. Vikings offensive line definitely needs some help, so good little pickup there. Uh, moving over to injury updates. I'm going to start with, of course, the most brutal one. Um, it seems like Monday Night Football is just a curse at this point, but um, Brown's running back Nick Chubb. His season is over with a knee dislocation and multiple lig uh, ligament damage. If you saw the video, Brad, I sent it over to you. I mean, that was horrifying. Absolutely brutal. And it just, like, I didn't really know what happened watching it live. And they didn't show it, obviously, because of how gruesome the injury was. And then when you said that, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. This is just not what I wanted to see. It just – and the, the, hard, the hardest part about this is Nick Chubb is rel relatively – not relatively, pretty much one of those guys that you just root for just because he's such mm -hmm. a good guy – on and off the field. And, you know, he just the way he plays the game as like a true power running back, just a great guy to root for. And he, I know he dealt with some injuries back in, I think it was 2015. 
yep. just to see him go through this again, it's just so unfortunate. And it's just – it's tough because, you know, unfortunately injuries are part of the game. And already in week two, we have so many injuries to the running back position as well. And just hopefully he comes back healthy. And, you know, I mean, hopefully he gets, comes back stronger, which I think he will. And we'll just have to see how his uh, rehab goes. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. My guess is – I know there's some questions around is this career ending. I don't think it is. I don't think he's ever going to come back the same player. It just – I think he's 27 at this point, which is kind of that age where you start to see running backs um, – You'll start to see them decline. Maybe not as much recently. We've seen running backs last a little bit longer, but he's got some heavy mileage. This was the knee that he did injure at Georgia. Um, so it is going to be an uphill battle. Segwaying over to another running back, Giants running back Saquon Barkley. He's expected to miss three weeks with a sprained ankle. And that is, I mean, for a team that, and we'll talk about this when we get into the Giants Cardinals recap. Um, a team that looked really rough for half of football. That is a massive loss, especially with a brutal upcoming three-week span. Yeah, I'm obviously probably one of the biggest Barkley fans you'll meet. I also went to Rutgers. He went to Penn State, and I still root for him like crazy because he is just that good of a player. And I, when I think he's healthy, the best running back in the league by far. Um, tough, tough injury. Very tough. You saw it on the sideline when he smashed his helmet. As a Giants fan, though, and just an NFL fan and a Barkley fan, I'm glad it's only three weeks. So it's, it's it's the Niners, Seahawks, and Dolphins. Obviously, three outstanding opponents, especially the Niners, whose defense is superb. But it's only three weeks. He'll be back, hopefully, for the Bills game, that Sunday night football game uh, up in Buffalo in the middle of October. So, you know, I'm just I'm just hoping he you know he he uh, stays healthy stays healthy throughout the rest of the season. And just glad like, glad like I said, it's an only only a three week injury. Yeah, and Brian Dayball has still been, like, noncommittal about, like, how long this is going to be. The reports say three weeks. Dayball seems to be trying to uh, play, like, a week-to-week. So we'll see how yeah. that actually uh, – what actually ends up happening with that. Um, but as of right now, I, I think the safest thing looks is it's going to be three weeks. Um, yeah. And another running back injury, last running back injury uh, in the week was Saints running back Jamal Williams. He's expected to miss some time with a hamstring injury. Uh, Alvin Kamara will be back, not this week, but the following week. So they're going to get some firepower back there. Um, I also think as someone who loves following the draft and following rookies, I think this is an opportunity for Kendra Miller to step in. He has yet to play his first NFL snap. And I think he's was one of the best backs to come out of this draft. I think this is an opportunity where that Saints offense that desperately needs some juice can get it from a young back. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree with you, especially with how well the Saints' defense is playing. Like, I could on it. I think they're in the top 10 of defenses in the They're NFL right really now. good. Maybe close to top seven and top five because they are legit. And the way they played on Monday Night Football as well were, was excellent, uh, especially going into an atmosphere like Carolina with uh, Bryce Young playing his first ever start there. So the Saints' defense is great. They just have some offensive questions. So hopefully they could get a turnaround on that with some new guys in, and we'll see. But for Williams, the injuries stink. I mean, also, another guy on my fantasy team. I know fantasy obviously doesn't <laughs> matter in hindsight, but you know it just it's 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 been tough fantasy wise, and I feel terrible for Williams. And hopefully, hopefully he'll uh, come back stronger as well. Absolutely. And one more running back I totally forgot to mention: uh, Lions running back David Montgomery. He's also going to miss a few weeks with a quad injury. I'm also going to segment that right into another Lions injury: uh, defensive back Chauncey Gardner Johnson, um, who they just signed on a one year deal this year. He is feared to suffer a torn pec, uh, which would end his season. That is a 
huge blow for the Lions secondary. Um, he's one of their, I don't want to say from a financial perspective, it wasn't a premier signing, but he was awesome last year for the Eagles. And I mean, that is a brutal loss. I mean, that safety room looked really, really good for the Lions this season. Yeah, you said it. I mean, as a, as a Giants fan, you being a Cowboys, we know all about uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson and how good he was, especially in the, the, two, uh, the three games he played against the Giants. So he had their number. And I remember when I was watching week one against the, uh, the Chiefs, uh, the uh, announcers, I believe it was uh, Collinsworth, was saying basically how he is the heart and soul already of that Lions defense. And for him to go down two weeks into the season after signing him, I think it was a huge free agent signing for the Lions. It's unfortunate, and injuries are just so unfortunate in any sport. But when it's, you see a guy two weeks in, it just it stinks. It's terrible. So, I mean, hope for the best. Hopefully he gets back stronger and has a great season next year. For sure, for sure. Um, talking about the Eagles, Eagles defensive back Avante Maddox. He had surgery also on a torn pec. He's out indefinitely, possibly ending his season. Some other corners that are missing time, um, Bears cornerback Kyler Gordon. He was placed on IR with a what is – quote-unquote, painful hand injury. Um, Panthers cornerback, J.C. Horn, he was added to IR with a hamstring injury. Um, expected a return for the second half of the season, but a rough start for his young career. And then another uh, defensive back, Cardinal safety, Buda Baker, he's been placed on IR. Not really, I don't know what the injury is there. I know there's been some trade rumors with him. Um, I don't really think him being placed on IR necessarily gives me the vibe he's getting traded because he's got to be out for four games. Um, so not sure what's going over there. And last two pieces of injury updates. Panthers linebacker Shaq Thompson suffered an ankle injury. His season is over. And then Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson was placed on IR with a hamstring injury. For my fantasy football lovers out there, like myself who has Deontay Johnson on two teams, uh, Monday night's game did count as one of the four games. So in case you're trying to figure out like when he's going to be back, um, it's not four weeks starting next week. Monday did count as one of uh, one of the games. A lot of injuries this week was brutal for NFL injuries. Yeah, it really was. It, it's it's been. I mean, what are we two weeks into the season? Dobbins, Barkley, Chubb, like three premier running back names right there. All all done. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's just like some marquee names here. Just going down I, I can't remember a start to the season like this in a long long time like usually you see this like week seven or, or week mm -hmm. eight in the middle of the season but two weeks in it's just man it's 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 unfortunate and it's it's tough and I'm not I don't know but is it does anything have to do potentially with there only being three preseason games now and you know they kind of I mean they don't play them in any of them and then it's just like week one right straight to it are they a little rusty? I don't know. Do I think it has a huge effect? Maybe not. Maybe it does. We will never obviously know the science behind that. But it's just unfortunate. It, it stinks. It stinks as, a, as an NFL fan. It definitely does. Going back to the running back thing, um, and I think I've shared my thoughts on this. The, I think this is why, though, owners know and don't want to pay running backs. It's sad. It sucks. But I think the logic behind the business is that running backs that suffer these major injuries it take it's really a two-year injury you have the year you're out and then the second year um it's a recovery process we saw it last year michael uh michael gallup a wide receiver he wasn't the same and this is really his first year back healthy cam Akers, it's taken him time to get healthy again 
J.K. Dobbins last year, it was kind of like this was the year for him to be healthy and break out again and then suffers an injury. My question for you, Brad, with all of that being said, are you pro or against paying running backs? That's a tough question. I mean, it's personally speaking, I think just because I, I am pro paying running backs only because, yes, injuries do happen. But look at a guy like Isaiah Pacheco, who sixth round pick and he played outstanding he's gonna obviously he's the, an exception to the rule because he wasn't drafted in like the top three rounds but he's got he deserves his money sometimes if he continues to play the way that he does um and i think a lot of times nfl owners can be a little greedy when it comes to running backs because as a giants fan daniel jones is nothing without saquon barkley as proven that past season barkley was his number one receiver running back offensive weapon and he deserves his money i i understand the point of view from the ownership perspective injuries but to me, you can't base a player on whether or not he's going to get hurt. Because look at the Jets. They paid Aaron Rodgers. He got hurt. So, I mean, really, any player can get hurt at any given time. I know the chances for running back is a lot. They're significantly higher. However, you, there's still a chance that any player gets hurt. So, I think you should pay running back, especially if they're of elite talent like uh, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, etc. So, my flip side is I'm, I'm definitely not pro paying running backs because – as a Cowboy fan, I've seen the Ezekiel Elliott contract just blow up in your face. I think what has to happen, and especially for running backs that are looking to get paid, there has to, like, the market for every position continues to increase drastically. I think what has to happen is the NFL, the running back position, needs to have a happy medium where the top paid guys are getting probably 11 to $12 million a year. Um you're, you know, good, not great guys are getting like that, like nine to ten million dollars a year and so on and so forth. So it becomes more affordable for the cap. I do think the cap is a myth. So I like there is that, too. Um, but I think if running backs want to get paid, I feel like there has to be a balance where it's like we understand that we're going to get paid a little bit less, um, but that's how we're going to get our extensions. And I think that that's got to be the happy medium between owners and running backs. And I think we'll eventually get there. And Paul, to just quickly go off that point, um, which I agree with 1000%, is if you look at what the NBA did, I know this has nothing to do with it, but then look what you look what, what they did with uh, resting players. I don't know if you saw that, where you can't I did, two, I did. Two, two players, and they basically define that as any player who was an all NBA player or an all star in the last three seasons. So I think for the running back, the running back situation, I think if you're a running back in the last three seasons, that was either all NFL or made the Pro Bowl. I think they should be in a category where they get a set amount of number or a set. They get paid a set amount, and then it goes it, it goes down by that. Just like you mentioned, that eleven to twelve million range. That's how they can basically organize it and come to an agreement so that there isn't any more dispute between the running backs because it is very unfortunate for them. That isn't a bad idea. I think there would still have to be some clarity on like. Oh, of course, yeah. Like there had, there'd have to be a little bit more, but like I, w I wouldn't mind there being like a set minimum of like, all right, like this is at least what you have to get. Um, so there's some type of precedent of like, yeah, you know what to move forward. So that, that, I like that's a good point. Um, but we'll see that there. I'm sure we'll have more conversations about that with uh with Jonathan Taylor looking, you know, on his next move and whatnot. But let's go on. Let's get into our week two recap because there's was so many awesome games and we both have a lot to share. So, um, and by the way, just for those listening at home, we're not going to every week do week by week, obviously like trade deadline stuff. Like we're going to be covering a lot of that, but 
weeks like this where you just have so many awesome games, I feel like it's hard to like glaze over one game. Um, sorry, Brad, let's start Vikings, Eagles, your thoughts. Oh, I was really hoping the uh, Minnesota would pull out the victory as a Giants fan, but Philly who did it? Who, everyone yeah. was rooting against Philly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 2-0. We could obviously uh, debate uh, the touchback rule, uh, the Eagles QB sneak. We could d- debate that. I'm sure we will at the end of the show. So I won't go into that and just base it off, off the actual game itself. I thought Kirk Cousins played pretty well. I didn't think he played bad at all. Um, I thought, you know, Philly, obviously, they got out um, to a lead there at home. Uh, but Cousins threw for over 300 yards, and, I mean, Justin Jefferson's legit. He was a great wide receiver. I think they just came up a little short, and Philly was by the thin thinnest of margins, I think, if it, uh, be uh, able to kind of sneak out with the victory, and they're 2-0, and unfortunately Minnesota's 0-2, and that's just how the NFL works. Yeah, my, I thought Kirk Cousins was phenomenal. I think he put together probably a top three performance of the week. I thought he was excellent. Um, I think the the story was – the Vikings made too many dumb decisions. There was too many turnovers. I think they turned the ball over three or four times. They could not stop the run. DeAndre Swift rushed for over a buck fifty on them. They literally could not. There was no way of them stopping the run. Um, it, it it was Minnesota's game to lose, and they lost it. I mean, when you can't stop the run, you turn the ball over. That's losing football. On the flip side, I was really unimpressed with the Eagles. I did not think that. Um, Eagles offensive coordinator Ben Johnson had any trust in Jalen Hurts. They played very conservatively um, with him. The The run game was great. Obviously, they leaned on that as it continued to work. But um, I sensed a little bit of distrust in Jalen Hurts in this game. And something that, like, it's still too early to be like, all right, like, they don't trust Jalen Hurts. But, like, I'm definitely keeping an eye out on it. Yeah. Um, and, Brad, all right, so let's start. Let's – I'm going to pose this question to you first because you just kind of like hinted at it. We t- the quarterback sneak, the push sneak. Do you think the league should ban it? As look, as an as an NFL watcher, is it NFL viewer rather? Is it annoying to see where it's like, oh, you know, your defense has no sh- no shot? Yes, but if you're actually playing in the game, no, it's a part of the rules, I think. And I think it's it's it's. It, I mean, yes, it's annoying to see all the time, but it's a part of the game. I mean, any team could do it. And if you're the defense, figure out a way to stop it. I mean, I mean, Tom Brady, the best quarterback of all time, was doing it for years. So it's like, what's the big deal that, that Jalen Hurts is doing it? You know, I mean, I saw Daniel Jones do it as the, against the Cardinals a few times as well. So, I mean, it's, it, it happens. It's a part of the game. So either either figure out a way to stop it or don't complain about it. Like, I mean, you're, you're the defense. And you're seeing it over and over. It's the same exact play. Figure out a way to stop it. Yeah, I agree. And also right now, too, like in like 2023, the only team that it seems unstoppable with the quarterback sneak are the Eagles. It's not like this is happening across the league with every single team and every single team's dominating. It's just the Eagles and they're good at it. And it sucks. I hate the Eagles with a passion, but like it is what it is. You have to you have to find a way to stop it. And your excuse can't just be it's unstoppable. So I'm going to, you know, toss my hands up and complain and hope that it's banned. Um, I I disagree with that. You know, you could hate, it could be boring. It could be, you know, maybe the stakes are lower for those plays, but ultimately it's on you. You're they're playing the game. Um, My other question for you based on that game, 
a lot of people were bugging out about Justin Jefferson fumbling into the back of the end zone, you know, and it turns into a touchback for the opposing team. Do you agree with that rule or do you think it needs to be changed? So I actually, I'm on both sides here because look, that rule has been in effect for as long as I can remember from watching the NFL. And I think it it teaches the players that you have to be cautious around the goal line in terms of reaching out uh, for that touchdown because you, you know, obviously it could happen. However, on the flip side of that, I mean, if you fumble it, if it just goes out an inch before at the one yard line, you get the ball at the one. So it's kind of like a weird rule where it's like you get it. If it goes in the end zone, you lose possession. If it falls out a yard before at the one yard line, you get it at the one. So it's, 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 it's almost, even if a player is running and they get the ball gets punched out from behind and it goes out at the at one, it's like, it's just, it's, it's one of those really ticky tacky rules where it's like, you could play obviously both sides. So I'm going to go with this, Paul, I'm going to say, until they could come up with a great option that works. Cause what are you going to do? Give it back to them in the same spot. Like, it, you know, until they can come up with a great option where everyone agrees, the players association, the owners, et cetera, how, however many votes they need to pass it until they can come up with a perfect option. Then I'm still for, I'm still for the rule. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know if there ever will be an option. I'm kind of pro I'm pro the rule. I think when you're in the end zone, you need to protect the football. I mean, if you, if you fumble, like, my thought is you always got to be careful when you're going for a touchdown. Um, also on the flip side, when you are backed up in your own end zone and you know, you fumble it in the back of your own end zone. Um, I'm like blanking on the idea. Like basically you, you can fumble in the back of your own end zone and you know, the other team scores. My point yeah. is, is that like, and it would be if you, uh, if, if you lost it out of bounds, it'd be a safety. So yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, I, just protect the football near the end zone. I know it's tough because you want to make the play. I feel like there are very few times, you know, fourth down, end of the game, where, like, stretching is worth it. Um, and Kirk Cousins, he did a great job. He took great responsibility for it, even though I don't think he had to. Um, but he did. That's the type, type of guy he is. Um, I'm pro. Just protect the football, and you don't have those issues. And it is what it is. Yeah. But all right. Moving over to Sunday, uh, one of the upsets. I don't know if either of us got this game right. Um, actually, Brad, you might have. But the Falcons, at the very last second, beat the Packers. Are the Falcons legit? That is the que- That was – I had no idea that they would uh, be this good into the season. I mean, not this good, but 2-0 and at least. You know, with obviously two wins to start their season. And, yeah, they won on a, a coup uh, last second um, – Quick shout out to uh, Ku. He actually uh, went to Ridgewood High School, uh, which is about 10 minutes from me. And one of my good friends, uh, Mike, actually went to high school with him. So he says he's a great oh, wow. guy. Yes, he's a great guy. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for Ku, local Bergen County kid, uh, doing awesome in the NFL. I think well, I have him on my fantasy team, too, and he always gets at least 10 plus. So he's a great, great kick- kicker. So kudos to him uh, for doing his thing. But um, Robinson, 19 carries, 124 yards. Outstanding. Um, so, I mean, the Falcons, I think they played great. I don't know if I consider an upset win just because the Packers are starting a first-time quarterback in Jordan Love, who played outstanding. I know he only threw for 150 yards and only made 14 completions, but he had three touchdowns on the day. That's still three touchdowns. Yeah, he was still really good. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, so it was was one of those games where it's kind of like you could flip a coin who would win, and that's what happened. It came down to a one-point game, and the Falcons came came away with the victory. I think the Packers will be just fine. Yeah, I I think after watching this game, I, I think I'm on the um, 
my take is that they're probably ev- like evenly teams. Like, yes, the Packers yeah. are still going to go through their ups and downs with the young Jordan Love. I think my takeaway, the Packers have a franchise quarterback in Jordan Love. Maybe that's too early to say, but he's looked great. He's only going to continue to improve. They have good weapons. They're, they're going to be good for the long haul. The Falcons have a really complete good team. They probably have the best ru- running attack. Um, in football, Bijan Robinson's incredible. He is, in my opinion, I said he's the only generational running back we've ever watched in our lifetime. I know you'll say Saquon, I'll disagree. Um, <laughs> I think Bijan is the one and only, he's just unbelievable. Um, however, on this team, the issue is still the, the fallback is still going to be Desmond Ritter. If you have the Falcons going into Buffalo, if you have the Falcons going in to uh, Dallas or San Francisco, I'm still taking the opposing team because they don't have the quarterback that you can win with. Um, so team that will easily be competitive. They have a really good running attack. Their defense is much improved. I just don't really trust the quarterback. Moving on, uh, this one will probably be a quick one, but the Bills uh, blew the doors off of the Raiders. Yeah, the Bills, uh, every week I do I, I do like a pick them where I pick one team where they got to win. I picked the Bills. This was a must win for them, I think, playing the Raiders at home after an 0-1 start. I knew they would win. They had a little bit of a slow start as Adams caught the pass from uh, Garoppolo to go up 7-0. But after that, it was it was all Buffalo. And the one question I have for Raiders fans is, is Garoppolo the guy? And we'll, we'll see how that goes out throughout the season. I think Buffalo will be just fine and right in the mix of uh, trying to win the AFC East. Yeah, thought Buffalo looked great. Thought this was going to be the game where they get it back together after a uh, after a struggling loss week one. Um, yeah, they did what they had to do. Raiders, they tried to keep it at their own pace. They couldn't. Buffalo loaded the box. Josh Jacobs had negative two yards, I think. Um, really good win for Buffalo. Uh, over to a really good AFC North divisional battle. The Ravens beat the Bengals and the Bengals. Are they the most surprising though in two team right now? 1000%. I picked the Bengals to win the Super Bowl after the performance they had last year in the AFC championship game came. Oh, so close to beating Mahomes in Arrowhead again. I picked them to win this, win, win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I know last week it was in the rain at, at Cleveland. All right, but this was the game I thought they would pick it up and win, and they lost again to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. And it, I was, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I mean, look, they're they're clearly the best 0 and 2 team by far. However, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good you are; it matters your record. And they're 0 and 2, and it was just shocking, shocking for Baltimore. Shout out Gus Edwards, Rutgers alum, right there. Had the touchdown in the first quarter, uh, 10 carries, 62 yards. So. Another Rutgers running back going well in the AFC, along with uh, Isaiah Pacheco on the uh, Pacheco on the Chiefs. But I think Lamar Jackson is out to prove his doubters after finally getting paid, and he's playing great. And Paul, I know you said the Ravens were your uh, Super Bowl pick from the AFC, and that's looking really good right now. Honestly, I'm I'm not disagreeing with that right now. Two weeks ago, I would have said the Bengals, but now it's really looking like Baltimore, unless Joe Burrow can uh, turn it around. But it all depends on his health. And my one question for you, Paul, is. What is going on with Jamar Chase? Yeah, I think I don't think Chase, it's an issue of the player. I mean, obviously teams are going to stack up on him because he's electric, um, top five receiver. He's fantastic. Still think he's fantastic. I just think it's a mix of that and it's a mix of Joe Burrow. Um, this is what I'll say. The Cowboys in 2021, and I'm referencing this because 
I went through this as a Cowboy fan. Dak Prescott suffered a calf strain at the Patriots after throwing a game-winning touchdown. He In that game, the Cowboys scored the most amount – or had the most amount of total yards ever by against a Bill Belichick run defense. Dak missed the following week due to the calf strain. He came back. He never played the same the rest of the season. He did not get the break that he needed. And he struggled the entire season. Still statistically played well, but in big games, he just was non-existent. Joe Burrow has a calf strain. He dealt with it in the preseason. He re-aggravated it this week. Calf strains are probably the most overlooked NFL injury for quarterbacks because the movement in the pocket um, – disappears your mechanics get thrown off because you can't move as well as you would like to and we're seeing that with joe burrow in my opinion it it sucks to do this but i think and the Bengals don't have it easy this upcoming week they have um uh the rams on monday night football joe burrow has to take a sit has to take a seat and he has to get healthy and jamar chase said this in the preseason too he goes dude like if we have to wait till week five, week six for you to play, like do that. It's not worth risking your season. And he's 100% right. I think the Bengals, if I were them, I'd go out in the market, look for a quarterback like a Jacoby Brissett, try and get you through the next three, four weeks, get you through the next month. Cooper Let Rush you, on the Cowboys if they're giving him up. <laughs> I will gladly give up Cooper Rush. I will gladly do it. I will take the draft pick. Um, but that, that, that to me is what needs to happen. I think, Burrow is clearly not healthy. Um, it, it shows, and they're not going to help themselves by running out a hurt quarterback. Um, that's the big thing. Baltimore looks great. I think they're going to continue to look great. Cincinnati, I'm only worried because they're trotting out an injured quarterback. Um, I know it sucks. Cowboys were able to go on a five-game win streak with uh, Cooper Rush last year. If I'm the Bengals, I'm looking to do the same. All right. Moving on to a high-flying, high-scoring game, Seahawks-Lions. Wow, this game was great. Last year, I'm pretty sure it was just like this as well when they played. Yeah, too. it yes, was. I, 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 I remember we, call, we called this. We said it was going to be a, a great game. I think I said, the, I think I said a high-scoring game, the Lions over the Seahawks. Uh, I was wrong just by the, basically who won. The Seahawks, the score was right there, neck and neck in overtime. Shout-out Tyler Lockett. It seems like he's been on the Seahawks forever. I mean, I, I, I think it, well, he got to 2015, I believe. So he's been there, what, what is that, almost about, what, like uh, eight seven, years. Eight, 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 seven, eight years at this point? Yeah, so it's like he's been he's been on the team forever, uh, and he had he had a great game. I think Walker had a great game. Geno Smith, over 300 yards thrown, great game. Goff had a great game as well. Three touchdowns, only one pick, and over 300 yards thrown. And I think it just – it just came down to, you know, the, the Seahawks had the ball. They scored the touchdown in overtime, and then they won the game. But, I mean, it, these teams are neck – in terms of just standings and ranking them, they're neck and neck in the NFC. Both great teams, and the Seahawks, I think, are legit. Uh, unfortunately, they'll probably get a wild card because they're not going to catch up to the Niners, I don't think. But I think they'll be another wild card team. Yeah, I originally had Seattle winning the division, not realizing San Francisco would be who San Francisco is today. Um, I did have Seattle with a bounce-back win in this game. Not surprised at all by the results. Um, unfortunately, a big you know, mistake in this game was a Jared Goff pick six. And ultimately, that, that's a deciding factor. Um, you know, that that type of play is what, uh, what costs you a game, and it, it pretty much cost them the game. So uh, Seattle looks great. Um, I am worried about their defense. 
I saw on Twitter people were considering this the best secondary in football. It is not the best secondary in football. Um, but offensively, they look really good. So um, they'll be just fine. Moving on to Colts and Texans. Yeah, this game, this game, Paul, when we uh, we talked about it uh, in our, our last show, we said this game wasn't going to be really anything super special. And, I mean, I, I honestly thought, you know, I, I, I said, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Indianapolis would win just because I think they're overall a better team. Gardner Minshew comes in there. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., eight receptions, 56 yards. CJ, CJ, CJ Stroud, I thought, played pretty well, 30 for 47, over 300 yards almost 400 yards actually and two touchdowns. Um, but unfortunately I just don't, I think the Texans is going to take them at least another season, maybe two to really, you know, compete in that AFC South. Same thing with the Colts. I think, I don't think the Colts are that good of a team. I just think they were the better team on Sunday, but I honestly think it's, it, it's, it's Jacksonville's division to lose unless Tennessee could uh, come in uh, and play well as well, but not surprising by the result. Am I surprised how high scoring it was? Yes, but two mediocre teams at best. For sure, for sure. Yeah, my biggest takeaway, I thought early on in the game, Anthony Richardson looked great. Um, I think early on, though, just obviously with the concussion, I think it, he has to realize he's got to be smarter with uh, some of the hits he takes. Obviously yeah. got hurt at the end of the week one game, gets hurt again here. So um, he definitely needs to be a little bit more careful, but he was a lot of fun to watch early on in that game. Um, yeah. I think the biggest takeaway that I would look at is if I'm a team like the Bengals right now, Listen, Indianapolis isn't going to fight for a playoff spot. I'd call and see what team wants to give up, you know, what team might be interested in Gardner Minshew as a uh, as a guy to get you through. Uh, Jets is another team I would consider. Um, so that's really my biggest takeaway. I think Minshew looks like a guy who could potentially uh, maybe midseason look like he could get moved. Speaking of the Jaguars, uh, they fell short to the Kansas City Chiefs and what might have originally seemed like a uh, high flying battle, it was a seventeen to nine defensive battle. Yeah, I mean, Chiefs got Chris Jones back, and he 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 uh, he showed he showcased his presence. Um, there, shout out! Uh, I think I, I don't know if you saw the the, the little clip on uh, Twitter, but Ian Eagle with a little blank space reference when Kelsey scored the touchdown. That, that was hilarious. Uh, obviously. <laughs> with the Taylor Swift rumors and stuff. So I thought that was extremely funny by Ian Eagle. One of a kind does obviously March Madness, Nets games, NFL, super talented broadcaster right there. Um, but going back to the game, I mean, yeah, it was uh, it was a game the Chiefs obviously needed. They, as a Kansas City, um, as be, uh, Kansas City being the Super Bowl champs, you can't afford to go 0-2. Jacksonville obviously already won their first game. So 1-1, one one, they lost to the, the, the best quarterback in the league. Not a big deal. I don't think Mahomes looked great. I mean, he played. He, had, he did have two touchdowns, threw over th- for 300 yards. But, I mean, it was a low-scoring game, like you mentioned. And, you know, Kansas City, they came out with the victory. I think next week they'll easily be 2-1 and because they got the Bears at home. And I think Jacksonville will be just fine and be right there for the uh, AFC uh, South, South title. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway is honestly that both defenses are impressive and uh, can hold their ground going into the playoffs. The Chiefs' defense has been fantastic to start the season. Uh, Jaguars defense is much improved as well. Um, the Chiefs, they really need to make a move for a wide receiver. I don't think just having oh, Travis yeah. Kelsey is going to be enough. Jaguars, I think they just need to find a better way to balance out their passing game. Week one, it was heavy Calvin Ridley. This week, it was heaven Christian Kirk. I think they need to find a way where those guys are both um, getting involved at the same time, and it's not so much one guy's taken over and the other's not. So I think once they get that passing game uh, flowing, I think they'll uh, they'll continue to see more success and win some of these bigger games. 
All right. Uh, what I thought was a must-win game for the Bears, they fall short to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, you were saying – I remember we talked a lot about this last week. You said the two teams that was a must-win for week two – I know it was already week two – was the Bears and the Giants. The Giants yep. obviously got the victory. Bears did not. And my question for Chicago fans – I mean, first of all, I'll talk about Tampa first. Wow. I mean, they just had Brady for three seasons, and now they got Baker Mayfield, and they're still they're, they're still 2-0. and and people over – Mike Evans, again, six receptions, 170 yards, one touchdown right there. He is by far the most underrated receiver in the NFL. He, I, he, is, he is legit. He is a great player. White is proven to be a great back, 73 yards, seven, 17 carries, and a touchdown right there. Plus, they got Chris Godwin, a, a premier wide receiver number two. So I think that the Buccaneers have offensive weapons, and if their defense is on, they're right there in the NFC South. A surprising division with three teams being 2-0, and by the way. Going to the Bears, though, I mean, I don't know what is going on. People had Justin Fields in the MVP conversation going into the season, which obviously looks kind of dumb right now. Uh, my question for Bears fans, is he the quarterback of the future? Obviously, he had a mediocre game, only throwing for 211 yards, had two picks, did have a touchdown, only completing 16 of his uh, 29 attempts. So I, I don't know. DJ Moore, I thought, had a pretty good game, six receptions, over 100 yards. But Justin Fields, I don't know what's going on, and it's looking like they're going to start 0-3 because I don't give them a high chance to go into Arrowhead and beat Mahomes in Kansas City. Yeah, I, I'm i officially worried about the Bears. I know this is early. They're 0-2, but um, this was supposed to be the season Justin Fields took that leap, and he hasn't. Um, he actually looks worse than he probably did at parts of last season. I think what the weirdest thing about this, and maybe the saddest thing, is that the Justin Fields of Ohio State is gone um, the Justin Fields of Ohio State wasn't a run-first quarterback. He was a really good decision-maker, processed the field really well, um, and that's not this quarterback. He uh, break really is terrible in the pocket, always looking to break free and use his legs. And I get it, getting a confidence boost because he's moved really well. Um, and in a game like this, you see he only had uh, four carries for three yards. Uh, so you could kind of see what happens when that element of his game is taken out. Um, I also think the Bears just, they're just not a team that is built to like support a, a franchise quarterback. Um, I think the coaching staff is terrible here. I mean, just they couldn't run the ball. I mean, Khalil Herbert, their starter gets seven carries. Rashawn Johnson gets four carries. I mean, they can't design anything for their star players. Just DJ Moore had six receptions for 104 yards, but that's got to be a consistent thing. It can't just be a one-time deal. Um, I, I'm like in panic mode, especially considering the Bears go into Arrowhead. Um, yeah, something to say about the Bears as I as I keen in on that. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say I wanted to just before we moved on to the next game. I'm obviously a huge college football fan, as I mentioned to you, Paul, and obviously being a Rutgers, I follow the Big Ten heavily and. You, you said he's not the same quarterback at Ohio State, and I witnessed a lot of his – or I watched, rather, a lot of his games at Ohio State, and he's not. And that's all because of one person, one person only, Ryan Day. He is an outstanding coach for Ohio State. And I remember there was rumors where he wanted to maybe – or not maybe, but I think maybe the Bears wanted for him to become the coach a couple years ago before they got uh, Eber, Eber Lupus. Uh, yeah, saying, right? I don't know Something how to like pronounce that. it. Yeah, before they got him as the head coach. But he was the way he had Justin Fields in that system. It just worked. And they, they, they played Alabama obviously in the national championship that one year in 2020, but obviously you couldn't beat them, but the, they were just too good. But the year before they almost beat Trevor Lawrence uh, in the semifinal uh, against Clemson, which game game came down to the wire. So that's all Ryan day right there. He's an excellent coach for the Buckeyes. 
uh, and just a great coach. And I don't think he just doesn't want to leave there and I wouldn't blame him. So I think uh, Fields played really well in his system. And if he could get a coach like that somehow down the line, he'll be back to his old self. Yeah. Yeah. The, the coaching change is definitely needed. And to flip to the, uh, to the bucks quick, I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers here, but um the Bucks, uh, I'm not so completely sold on the Bucks being like the team to surprise all season, but I will say this. Um, I obviously we didn't have the podcast last year to talk about it, but I've talked about it. Uh, Tom Brady in his last season did not look the part, he looked like a guy ready for retirement. And I think we're starting to see that with Baker Mayfield having success. This isn't a team that made like drastic improvements, by the way, this offseason. I thought their offseason was awful. Um, but I thought the team itself was really talented. Um, so I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some Patriots fans, Bucks fans that come out my neck on that. But, um, you know, father time even caught up to the best of us. And uh, I, didn't <laughs> Baker, I didn't think Baker Mayfield would be the one to prove that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm just hoping when you say father time, I'm just hoping it doesn't uh, catch LeBron James anytime soon. Because as a, as a huge NBA fan as well, I have no idea what I will do once he retires. It, it will be a very sad day for me. Uh, in most of the basketball world, I'd say. But, yeah, it did catch up to Brady a little bit at the end. But he still led him to a division title. Still the best quarterback of all time. And then uh, I know you're the Cow- Cowboys fan, so he hosted his retirement party that wild card weekend. Oh, heck yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so, it was uh, great. That there. <laughs> I was ruffling every feather there. in the stands that day. I was arguing <laughs> with everybody. They hated me, but it's all good. All right, moving on. Uh, Titans, Chargers. What a game. And – uh, first of all, I got to say to my listeners, um, for anyone that has not been to Nashville, Tennessee, I think, believe, uh, including yourself, Paul, uh, right? Yes. Am I correct on that? Go. It is the Vegas, Vegas East, as I call it. It is a great spot. Broadway is an awesome street. Great food, great times, great people, great everything there. Great place to be. If you have a chance, go there. Uh, part of the reason why I picked Tennessee, just because I, I, I enjoyed Nashville so much that I, was, I, I got to see uh, Nissan Stadium as well. Cool stadium um, and stuff. Broadway, the main street is actually right there. So you take a bridge and the stadium is right there. So you can go back to the restaurants, to the bars before and after the game. It's great. But to the game itself, I just, I kind of thought this was like almost like a, I don't want to say trap game for the Chargers, but in a way, maybe just because. It was pretty and, much trap game. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because they, 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 they were expected to win because Tennessee people don't think are going to be that good. But I thought at home, I was like, you know what? I'm going with the Titans. I just don't think the Chargers are super good. I don't think Herbert could really read defenses as, as much as people uh, say. I thought Keenan Allen, for his age, had an unbelievable game, though. Eight receptions, 111 yards, and two touchdowns. So kudos to him. Henry, good game as well. 25 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown. And Tannehill, I mean, he only threw for 240 yards, but he he was very accurate, uh, completing 20 of 24 passes and a touchdown there. And you know, they made the, the, the bottom line is, uh, I mean, Herbert did drive the Chargers down uh, to get the tying field goal, but the Titans made a stop on defense, and then Nick Folk uh, kicks the game winner after Tannehill drove him down. So the Titans are 1-1, one and, one and the Chargers are 0-2. So great game. Uh, Titan, Titans uh, could go back with the win, and the Chargers, they got to figure some things out because they're 0-2. Yeah, all I'll say to this is Chargers fans, how does it feel to have Kellen Moore? Um, because everyone, <laughs> everyone said Kellen Moore made Dak Prescott, and I think Chargers fans are figuring out that's the complete opposite. Herbert played well in this game. Um, they could not run the ball, which that wasn't surprising. And the Titans' run defense has always been great. They continue to be great. Um, but uh, a big thing has always been that Kellen Moore's offense is focused on the statistics and not the focus of winning. 
um, they, they played well offensively. They just couldn't close out the game. And um, I'm not like overly worried. I think Herbert still has played well this season. I just think they need to find out a way to close games. And it doesn't help when you got Brandon Staley, who is defensive minded guy supporting one of the worst defenses right now in football. I mean, they, they, the Chargers defense is terrible. Move, moving on, uh, your Giants came back uh, down 28 to 7 to beat the Cardinals. The best decision of the week was whatever was said in that halftime locker room because for the first six quarters, that was the worst football team I think I've seen in the history of the NFL, giving up, what, 40 to the Cowboys and then, what, 20? So they were, they were shut out 60 to nothing in the first six quarters of your season. Just not a way you want to start the season. But that was awesome. That comeback win, it rejuvenated every Giants fan, including myself. I was watching with my family, and we were just going nuts because we were just so surprised. I was excited. Obviously, it was a game they were supposed to win, but obviously when you win in a fashion like they did, it still makes it even that much more exciting just because of the comeback, and it's almost like every Giants game is like that. Uh, I thought, I, I, like I said, Daniel Jones woke up. Just with the, the way he played, just the way he went about himself, just awesome. Even, even I know Jalen Hyatt only had two catches, but they were both huge catches to start the second half and then set up the game winner. That was awesome. It was awesome just to see Barkley just outstanding standing yet again with those two touchdowns at the end there. Uh, and then Hodgins played well. Gano kicks the winner. I mean, Graham Gano, don't you know? So it was awesome to see them win. However, it is a game they should have won. But to see them finally just come up with a victory and just restore some faith in Giants fans, it's great. Because I don't know how, how well they're going to do with uh, San Francisco and couldn't afford to start 0-3. So just to get that first win on the board means a lot. So I am very happy they won, and especially the way that they did. And, you know, Hopefully, it's all good things to come from now. Brad, you're going to hate my response to this. <laughs> I'm ready uh, for it. You're going to hate it. Uh, I'm hitting the panic button on the Giants. <laughs> I am officially slamming it. Um, it was a win. but I, So, I posted this on the story. Um, I said, a win is a win. How or The reason why I don't believe you can just say a win is a win is because the team that you are is on film for other teams to look at. And that first half is on film for teams to look at. Um, I think obviously the positive of this game for Giants fans is Daniel Jones with adversity in his face was able to come back, play phenomenal in the second half and lead to a win. That's the good thing. The bad thing is about everything else. The defense might be a bottom 10 unit in the league, um, which in the NFC East right now is problematic. Um, there's concerns of who's going to call the plays. Mike Kafka, from what it sounds like, was removed as the play caller mid-game where Brian Dayball took over. So there's some concerns there, um, which, I mean, it worked, but it's like, okay, well, does that uh, does that take some, um, like, what, what are the concerns there? So I'm worried. I'm worried for the Giants. Um when you go up against a team like the Arizona Cardinals of 2023, a team that the Giants should have comfortably won this game, um, I'd be I'm I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried as a um, I'd be a little worried as a Giants fan. Um, but yeah, but all right, we're gonna move on now. Um, to 49ers Rams thoughts. Wow. First of all, two things I gotta go here. First one is the worst decision uh, for anyone was betting 
uh, that game because McVeigh kicks the field goal at the end. McVay kicks the field goal at the end, and um, it, cut, it cuts into the, the – I think it was like seven and a half a line, so it makes it obviously seven there. But the San Francisco 49ers fans, that's the other point I want to make. They can travel. That, if you watch some clips of that game, it looked like a San Fran home game. There wasn't any white or blue in sight. And, I mean, just for San Francisco, they're the team in the NFC. I mean, Purdy, he did what he had to do. I mean, but Kristen McCaffrey, 20 carries, 116 yards, and a touchdown – he is, he is probably the best back in the NFL. I hate to say that because, you know, obviously I'm a big Barkley guy, but outstanding player. And the Niners, I mean, it, it just seems like, you know, they're, they're on a mission this season because, I mean, they had back-to-back NFC championship losses. They don't want a third. They want to make that Super Bowl, and they are looking like the favorite to do so. Yeah, 49ers look great, um, really all aspects. Um, some misses for Purdy, but overall, I mean, offensively, they're electric. Defensively, they're really good. I still want to say, though, I thought the Rams, can, like, going into this game, like, I wasn't expecting it to be as close as it was. They still looked promising. Puka Nakua is unreal. Um, he might be the best rookie wide receiver at this <laughs> moment. He's yeah. so good. Um, I I expect him to be a good player, but not putting – A, fantasy-wise, he's, like – top five fantasy receiver right now. Um, He's just balling out. So we knew the 49ers are going to be really good coming into this game. I think I'm more impressed by the Rams and how they played against a team as good as the 49ers. Yeah. Paul, one question for you. Uh, what do you think of the Rams kicker, Brett Meyer? I know last year he missed what, missed what four extra I, points. Yeah. I sat there and I watched that disappointment. <laughs> um, However, I actually am a big Brett Maher fan. Um, I, I, I'm confident that his confidence just plummeted in that game. Um, and he struggled week one, but then he was really good in week two. Um, he's a guy that has a massive leg. So I think that uh, as long as that confidence continues to build, I'm, I'm a fan of Maher and I'll be yeah. rooting for him. Cool. All right. Speaking of uh, Cowboys, Cowboys blow out the New York Jets. They're, by the way, their point differential is plus 70 points on the season, in case <laughs> anyone at home is wondering. <laughs> Uh, plus it's uh, what we have 30 and 40, so seven, so I think it would be 60, right? Uh, you're right, yeah, it is 60, plus right? 60. Sorry, yeah, I plus mean, 60. still, I mean, 60, 70 doesn't really matter. The Cowboys look good, they as a Giants fan, the Cowboys look, I, I hate to say it, they look good. Dak had a great game. I know people were questioning last week if he had a good game, I mean, it didn't really matter. He could have threw five interceptions, they still won 40 to nothing. Uh, obviously, I'm over exaggerating a little there, but. 31 for 38, 250 yards and two touchdowns. Great game for him. Obviously, I, I really don't – I think the Cowboys' defense is legit. Dak played well, so look out for them in the NFC. I think it's them, the Niners, and if the Eagles can pick it up a little more, it's those three teams and everyone else is just – it's a big big gap and everyone else is just looking up to them. But Cowboys obviously played great. They'll be fine the rest of the season. Uh, interesting to see that their game against the Eagles. The one team I do want to talk about is the New York Jets. They need another quarterback because that team is talented on both sides of the ball. Zach Wilson only completing 12 passes, had three interceptions. Did play, did face one of the best defenses in the league, but still, you got to have a better performance than that. And there's a lot of guys on the free agency uh, list that you could pick up or you could even trade for. Uh, I thought it would have been funny if they traded for Cooper Rush and he played the Cowboys right away. Obviously, the Cowboys probably would have never done that just so they didn't have to face their guy, but it would have been funny. But anyway, the Jets need a new QB. And if they could, if they, I, because they're not going to make the playoffs, they want Rodgers back in the playoffs. They're not going to make it with Zach Wilson. And I'm just being honest, they need a new quarterback and they need one soon. 
Yeah, I, I on the topic of the Cowboys, yes, defensively they were great. Offensively they were great. Dak was great. Uh, he's leading the league on third down in EPA, but who's counting? Um, in terms of the Jets, I actually didn't mind Zach Wilson. Uh, the three picks came towards the end of the game. Um, I, I think the bigger concern for me if I'm a Jets fan is this coaching staff is not it. Um, they couldn't make any offensive adjustments. C.D. Lamb was just tearing them apart. And with a secondary with DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, you just can't let it happen. Um, And then on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, they just were not giving Zach Wilson any real opportunity to get the ball into a pass catcher's hand to make a move. Um, You could see at the end of the game, he was pressing when they got down big, and that's where the turnovers came. I'd still want to see one more game of Zach Wilson before I'm ready to write him off, but... um, Obviously, some concern. Now, moving on, Commanders, 35-33 over the Broncos. In watching football for a long time, I don't think you could have had a high as a fan to go to an extreme low. The Broncos hit an unbelievable, unbelievable pinball Hail Mary to tie, or basically getting it, getting, getting an opportunity to tie the game, and then they missed the two-point conversion, which borderline pass interference, we could debate about that. But Robinson game with two touchdowns howell pretty much 300 yards obviously 299 it says but 300 pretty much terry mclaurin great game the commanders as a giants fan and you paul as a cowboys fan are they legit yeah i don't know if they're legit but i will say this yeah i i will say this i've seen some of the clips from the all 22 of this game and some of the throws sam howell made were probably some of the best throws of the week he was unbelievable in this game. He was so good. I mean, just the poise, the decision-making, the pinpoint accuracy. He was phenomenal. He was really good. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if I can, like, say, all right, the Commanders have a franchise quarterback, but at least they can be excited this season to see what they get out of Howe. On the flip side, the Broncos, I mean – offensively it's working defensively i don't know what the heck happened their defense looked like it could have been a top five top ten unit and they have just been bad um i am I'm, I'm pressing i'm not pressing the panic button for the broncos but i'm definitely worried um not on the offensive side of the ball i think offensively they look pretty good the run game hasn't really been there but defensively there's been some um there's been some struggles. Let's go over to Sunday night football. Uh, Dolphins edge out the Patriots. Tua and Tyree Kill played excellent, I thought. But the big story for me, first time the Patriots have started 0-2 in a long time. But, I mean, that final play, we were both watching. I think he had the first down. That was I agree. Un- unbelievable, that play there. The lateral to get it back to the lineman and just comes up with like an inch, like a centimeter maybe, of just being that 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 close. I I, I personally think it was uh, was a touchdown, um, but unfortunately it was or not a touchdown, a first down rather. Unfortunately, it wasn't. Um, and the Dolphins, they're I think a top five team in the NFL. They played great defense, played extremely well, and they're right there with the Bills competing for the AFC East. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, the Patriots look better than expected. I do agree. I thought it was a first down as well. Um, Dolphins are just – Dolphins are really, really good. They ran all over the Patriots. Um, They look like one of the best teams in football, and they showed that Sunday night. Um, Now moving on, first game Monday night football, Saints-Panthers. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I think the biggest story of this game is, look, the Panthers, it's going to take Bryce Young some time. He, he did have a touchdown through for only 150 yards. No, no turn, no uh, interceptions. Um, but like I said, I think it'll take them some time. They're 0-2 in a division that every other team is 2-0. So obviously they have a, a mountain to climb. And it'll take some time, like I just said. But I think on the flip side, the Saints, I think their defense is legit. I think a top, I'm going to say top seven defense in the league. I think they are very good. However, if they want to actually compete in that division with uh, the Bucks and the Falcons now, I think because they got Derek Carr, he's got to prove himself. He didn't have a great game at all. And offensively, they're struggling. So I think, I mean, got to get Olave involved more, I think. Michael Thomas a little bit more as well. So, I mean, if they could, if they could pick things up offensively, look out for the Saints. But until then, I think it's really anyone's division in the NFC South. Yeah, I thought – as far as the Panthers go, I mean, the Panthers are just setting up Bryce Young for failure. Uh, his pass catchers are awful. I mean, Adam Thielen is washed. Um, they, he just has no one. No one's getting open. Um, and he's playing like he was at Bama where he's trying to extend plays. And it's just it's not helping himself. Um, I think he's got to probably also play a little bit quicker. But just a mess in Carolina. He really needs a true... Uh, number one as far as the saints Derek Carr was awful he was downright terrible um i am not gonna like sugarcoat it he was awful. It, yeah. <laughs> um he looks like a bottom 10 quarterback right now he's not playing good football he's got a good wide receiver duo there were plays to be made that he could not make um i and i was a Derek Carr fan i i didn't love the trade to the saints because I felt the Saints had more holes, which I'm obviously incorrect. Their defense is excellent. Um, but Derek Carr does not look good. And they look like a potential playoff team just because of the defense. But, man, Derek Carr is going to hold back that offense. I mean, it, it's just a bad – it's a bad unit because of him. Yeah, I agree. And to round out the last game, the nightmare disaster of games the Steelers beat the Browns yeah we were talking all fair and I, I, I wasn't even really paying attention much to this game I watched like the final drive that was it uh something's going on with Deshaun Watson he's not obviously the same quarterback he used to be obviously I know he everything that you know happened with him obviously he definitely feels guilty about everything that went on with him as he should uh he's just not he, he has not been the quarterback the Browns traded for just has not shown he's really uh digressed or really went down regress rather and uh Kenny Pickett I don't know if he's the quarterback for the Steelers uh as well but I think the one thing I will say from this game the Steelers got the win but shout out TJ Watt breaking the career sacks uh career sacks record for the uh, uh Pittsburgh Steelers there and I mean that's probably my biggest takeaway from that game. And I think TJ Watt is one of the one of, if not the best of defensive player in the NFL. You could say Parsons as well, but I think it's a one one two battle between him and Parsons for the uh, NFL's best defensive player award. And we'll have to see how that goes on. But the Browns and Steelers, I think, are going to be in the top fifteen for draft picks. I don't I don't see either of them winning uh, the AFC North. And it looks like from what we've seen, it's 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 the Ravens to lose. Yeah, uh, my takeaway, both defenses are great. Both offenses are terrible. Um, Kenny Pickett does not look like the guy. Granted, he's had two really tough defenses he's gone up against, starting off at San Francisco, then going to Pittsburgh. Um, as far as the Browns, I'm going to say it, the Deshaun Watson trade might be the worst in NFL history. Um, 
he looks atrocious. Um, we could try and dissect why. I think the easiest reason is he was gone for a year and a half without playing football. Paul, um, do you do you think do you think it's because of everything that went on off the field? Do you think that it has to? I think it's probably. I do think it's probably a mental thing. I think there's yeah. a because he was playing a little dirty yesterday. He got called for two, uh, two um face mask calls, which never happens. I've never seen a quarterback like it's rare for a quarterback to get called for a face mask once. He got called for it twice. Um, I do think it's a mental thing. I don't know what else it is, though. I mean, it's processing. He's processing the field a lot slower. Like everything is moved. Like it's like the game is moving slower for him. Um, the accuracy isn't there. The decision making isn't there. The pocket presence isn't there. He can't move like he used to within the pocket to make plays. Um, he just looks bad. Like he looks. I talked about um, Derek Carr being a bottom ten quarterback. Add Deshaun Watson to that list. He looks really bad. Uh, he, he started to improve a little bit better last week against uh, Cleveland. This game, it never got better. He continuously got worse. Um, he does not look impressive at all. For a player that they traded three first-round picks for and gave the first fully con- uh, fully guaranteed contract in NFL history, um, he looks like an embarrassment to receive that. And yeah. I have no problem bashing this guy either because – from a personal perspective, he deserves it. I'm not a fan of the guy. Um, and this isn't even my personal feelings when it comes to, like, the play. Like, he, he genuinely looks like a bad player right now. I agree. So, Everything you said, I think I the Browns are – they're in a tough spot um, because they have a really good team. They have a really good roster. They're playing – everyone the, – the offensive line obviously has their struggles. Um, but from a quarterback perspective, you definitely hope for more, and they're not getting more. Yep. Yeah, I just uh, had to go. I was prepared to go off about to show off. <laughs> as, I, as you should. Everything you said, I, I agree with 100%. He's, he's I lost by .8 points because of an, a oh. lose, not having a lot of touchdown. Yeah. I was fuming yesterday, which I'm not staying biased because of that. I, I truly feel this way about Deshaun Watson with my fantasy loss or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you should. Uh, as you should. All right, Brad. Quick, rapid fire. Give me your top five power ranking. Top five power rankings. All right, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm, I'm. You want me to give an order or just uh, any five? Uh, give me an order, starting at five. All right, starting at five, I'm gonna go the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, at four, I'm gonna go the Miami Dolphins. Um, at three, I'm gonna still say uh, the Philadelphia Eagles because they are two and zero. Uh, at two, I'm gonna say the Dallas Cowboys, and at one, the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, I'm trying. Can you repeat five through three again? Yeah, five Chiefs, four Dolphins, um, three. Uh, oh, okay. you had a three. You had Eagles, yeah, and, then, and then six. I would say six. I would say the Ravens. Uh, very close to cracking my top five. Okay, mine's a li- mine's almost identical. I have five Chiefs, four Dolphins, three Ravens, two Cowboys, one Forty ers So um, you're a little bit higher on the Eagles, but pretty much top six. It, it's um, that's the top six. We're yeah. pretty much in the in the same ballpark, which and we're gonna probably be doing the the rapid fire Wait, who, top five. You said uh, not you said Niners one. Niners one, correct. Yeah. That, that's clear. That that's the universal number one team in the NFL now is probably San Francisco. Would you say? For now, for now, I think now. once for Dallas now, yeah. goes up against opponents that people respect a little bit more, that could change. But I mean, 
Cowboys, we have Cardinals next week, Patriots following week. I think it's going to take a few weeks to, which that's yeah. okay. I'd rather the 49ers yeah. be considered the one. Um, <laughs> now, quickly, because we're running long on time, give me your rapid fire fantasy stardoms this week, starting at the quarterback position. All right. So at the quarterback position, I'm going to go Brock Purdy. I mean, the Giants defense in that, the first uh, the first half did not look good. So I'm going to go Brock Purdy. I think he has a good game on Thursday night. I am also rolling with you. I also wrote down Brock Purdy um, <laughs> as a start. And running back. Uh, Williams from uh, Los Angeles. Uh, with Akers out, he's playing unbelievable. And I'm a little upset you got him before I did in uh, fantasy. <laughs> yeah, I'm going uh, your guy from Rutgers. I'm going Isaiah Pacheco. I think he has a good game Love against it. Chicago. Love it. Wide receiver. Whew, wide receiver. I'm going to go... Uh... Michael Thomas, I think he has a bounce back uh, as a good game. I think Derek Carr plays pretty well. I, I know it's at Lambeau against the Packers, but I, I just – I don't know. I One of those feelings, I feel like Thomas has a really good game. Okay. I'm going Jordan Addison against the Chargers. That Chargers defense is just terrible. Um, tight end. Hawkinson. Hands down, Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson, I know obviously you're, you're starting him anyway, but if you somehow have him and someone else uh, who are debating, go with Hawkinson. He's going to have an unbelievable game. This weekend against uh, L.A. I'm going Dallas Goddard as a sleeper start against Tampa. I think he has a bounce back week. I um, need it. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> nice safety net for uh, for the Eagles. And rounding off our stardoms with uh, the defense. Uh, starting defense, Chiefs. Chiefs this okay. week. Chiefs against Bears. That I contemplated yeah. them, too. I got the Seahawks against Carolina. Give me a good defense against a bad offense. Now your sit Quarterback position should be universal. Justin Fields, he's, he's going to have a terrible game at Arrowhead. Yeah, I could see that. I'm going Jordan Love. That Saints defense is legit. Yeah. Over to the running back position. Running back position, uh, in terms of sit I'm going to probably go with uh, Damian Pierce uh, from uh, the Texans. They play in Jacksonville. Jacksonville has a great defense. They only gave up 17 points to the Chiefs. So I'm gonna sit Damian Pierce. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling because I have no choice but to play Damian <laughs> Pierce. But uh, I'm going Jerome Ford against the Titans. I know everyone's gonna pick him up, run with him. Just think that Titans run D is really good. I might hold a week. Wide receiver. All right, this might um, get some people upset if they're a Jets fan. I'm sitting Garrett Wilson this week. If you're debating, just because they're going up against the Pats. Pats have a pretty good defense, especially, and I I don't know what it is, but the Patriots always seem to have. The Jets number, and I don't trust the quarterback situation in New York right now. If you if you said Rodgers, I'd say start him every week, but I just don't trust Wilson. So if you're obviously if you have to start him, start him. But if you can't, I'd, I'd sit him. Brad, I completely feel you on that because I that was my number two guy that I would have uh, chose to sit. I just was scared to say it on air, so I'm glad you did it for me. <laughs> um, go. I'm going with Terry McLaurin versus Buffalo. Just think it's a tough match. I think Sam Howell has some struggles there. Going with the tight end position, and honestly, it seems like you could eliminate the tight end position with how bad everyone's been. <laughs> yeah, it seems like you can. I'm just going to say a guy because I, I think the Falcons finally have a very bad game. I'm going to go Kyle Pitts in him. I think Detroit dominates that game, and I don't think the Falcons score much. So just because of that reasoning, I'm going to sit Kyle Pitts this week. But cool. if you have to start him, start him because, like you said, the tight end position, very limited. Yeah, it's been a crapshoot for tight ends. I'm going with Zach uh, Zach Ertz uh, going up against the Cowboys. Jaron Jaron Curse, he has been the tight end eliminator. Don't take your chance against a great safety. And rounding out our sit-ums, the defense to sit for the week. 
So this might be a shocker to some people, especially how well they played the last game. However, I think I think those I think the Bills will still win. I think it's going to be a very high scoring game. And obviously, when there's a high scoring game, the defense loses points. So because of that, I'm not going to play the Bills this week. If you could find a better option, find a better option. I'm also going to take the route of picking a defense that's played really well. I'm going with the Steelers against the Raiders. Not a Raiders fan, but I do think that they're going to try and control this game on the ground. I think they're going to try and get the ball out quick and eliminate turnovers. Um, Not to say they're going to have the lowest of lows, but I don't think they're going to get the upside that you're hoping for your defense. Um, But that's our start and sit them. Now, to round out like we do every week, it's time to pick them. And it feels crazy that we're already picking for week three. Wild, Um, right? (laughs) it, It is wild. All right, starting Thursday night, Giants at San Francisco. Who you got? I want to say the Giants so bad, but I got to go San Fran at home. Best team in the league, San Francisco. Yeah, I think the 49ers, they control this game. Uh, I don't want to upset you, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a blowout. at. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. Stadium. Um, we'll see. Titans at Browns. Tight- I'm going to go with the Titans again. I'm going to pick the Titans. I-, I don't think the Browns are that good of a team. I think they got to pick pick some things up, especially on the offensive side of the ball, like we mentioned. So I'm going to go Tennessee with this one. All right. I, I'm sticking with the Browns. I do think Watson has a slightly better game. I um, think they have to force the ball through the um, – I think they have to get their passing game going. And Titans secondary struggled. Uh, I think the Browns have a bounce back week. Falcons at Lions. Lions. I think this is the game where people realize the Falcons, they're not a super great team. They're just mediocre and they had a good start. Lions, I think, are legit. They almost beat the Seahawks. I think the Lions win this one easily. Yeah, I'm also taking the Lions. I think once the Falcons, uh, once there's some separation, the Lions get ahead. I think you're going to see the Falcons struggle when they can't get the passing game going. Uh, Saints at Packers. I'm actually going to go ahead and pick the Saints here. I think, uh, I think, I don't know. I think Derek Carr is a bounce back game. I said start Michael Thomas. I think he has a great game as well. I think they have a great connection. I think the Saints win a very close one. Uh, not super low scoring, not super high scoring right in the middle. That's my prediction for that one. I'm kind of torn. Um, I am sticking with Green Bay just at Lambeau. I think I just can't see the Packers, this team, going one and two. Um, I think we finally see the Saints secondary start to struggle um, with pro- their best opponent to date. I think Jordan Love has himself a, a an, an impressive game against a really good defense of going Packers. Broncos at Dolphins. I think this is a game where everyone's picking the Dolphins. I'm also going to pick the Dolphins. I think they win. I don't think they win super easily, but I think they win. However, if the Broncos win, it would not surprise me because they are 0-2 and they need something, anything to turn their season around. It wouldn't surprise me if the Broncos win, but the Dolphins, I think, get out of there 3-0 and the Broncos 0-3. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a high-scoring game. Neither defense is particularly great. Um, I just think the Dolphins look so good right now. I think they continued on their hot streak and they get another win. Uh, a, a game of two teams that really desperately need a win, Chargers at Vikings. I'm going to simply say in the Minnesota Vikings for one reason, one reason only, they are at home. And I think the home crowd leads them to a victory because it's a tough place to play in Minnesota with that the, the Vikings crowd there. And I think somehow, some way, the Chargers start 0-3. Yeah, I, I'm taking the Chargers. I think Kellen Moore finally fig- – he, he's found ways to dominate Minnesota the past few years. Um, I think J- Justin Herbert, he's played well. Um, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game for fantasy purposes. Um, think it's going to be a close one. Think the Chargers prevail and get their first win of the season. Patriots at Jets. 
the Patriots just seem to have the Jets number for the last couple seasons, and I don't think that's stopping uh, this Sunday at MetLife. I think the Patriots walk away at the first one of the season, partially because I just can't see a Bill Belichick team 0-3. I'd be shocked. I mean, I, I think this game isn't going to be the, su- the greatest game, honestly, because both teams, I think, are the mediocre, especially the Jets without Rodgers. Um, but I think I think after this week, uh, Jets, fan, Jets fans, Jets coaches realize they got to sign another quarterback, and I think the Patriots finally get the first win, win of the season. Yeah, I agree. I also think the Patriots, this – at least offense is probably the best offense that Mac Jones has been in, uh, in new England. I think they finally get the win that they need. Patriots finally get the first one of the season bills. Commanders. Don't I wouldn't be surprised rather if this game is close and the commanders have a very close shot of winning. However, Buffalo is Buffalo. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. I think the bills win, but I think it's a close game. Yeah, I can't see. Uh, I think it, it could be closer than expected. I do think Sam Howell has some struggles going against that Buffalo defense. Um, think the the Bills go to two and one. Texans at Jaguars. I, I think just Jaguars. I mean, the Texans. I think they're going to be zero and three. The Jaguars are a better team than would be Kansas City Jaguars. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a little bit of a messy, lower scoring game. But yeah, game, I, think, I think it was like nine. I think it was like nine six a couple of years ago. So yeah, they they've never particularly had like a high scoring game. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's messy. Do you think Jacksonville's better though? I think they'll they'll get the win. Colts at Ravens. Ravens are it's simple. Ravens are a much better team. Colts obviously still have a rookie quarterback. I don't even know if he's. I don't think Richardson's playing this week. Yeah, I don't think we're sure quite yet. Think, yeah, we're not. We're not sure yet. But I mean, even if he, whether he is or he isn't, Ravens much better team, top six team in the league at home against the Colts, eight point favorite. I think they cover the spread. You said it. I got the Ravens as well. Panthers at Seahawks. Uh, we, we, we've got some easy ones in a row here. We got what the Bears Chiefs next and the Cowboys <laughs> Cardinals. So, I mean, Seahawks. Seahawks win. Panthers go 0-3. Seahawks better team at home. Uh, they got the 12th man behind them. Uh, they're going to uh, – Seahawks win. Agreed. I also am taking Seattle. Bears at Chiefs. All I'm going to say is Chiefs win. That's all you need to know. Chiefs win. <laughs> yeah, Fields, I think, is going to have another struggling game again. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, people are calling for Justin Fields' um, – for his position after this week. Chiefs go ahead and go two and one. Uh Cowboy, I didn't even realize the Cowboys are on the road. <laughs> Cowboys are <laughs> Cardinals. I think we could I don't know. I don't know what the record is to start a season in terms of point differential, but I think the Cowboys could get the record this Sunday for three weeks. I don't know what it is, and maybe we'll do some research to figure that out, but I could see this being like a 35 to 3 game in terms of the Cowboys winning. Yeah, I'd be pretty shocked if the Cowboys don't dominate in this game. I think this is a game where we actually see them start to light up the scoreboard a little bit. Um, being the, uh, well, Giants even light, light up the 40, 40 and 30 back to back. I think they've lit, uh, lit it up. All right. <laughs> I, I think they want to light it up more, but, um, but yeah, I think the Cowboys, <laughs> Cowboys, I think win this game with ease, not to oh, yeah, talk about the Cowboys, but I think this is a, I think the spread on this is like plus 12 and a half leading towards the Cowboys which is like college-level betting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe a relatively good game. Steelers at Raiders. Uh, yeah, it could be a relatively good game. I think they, there's definitely some better options I think they could have put for the primetime slot. Um, the Monday night slot, though, looks great. This is probably the biggest toss-up of the week, in my opinion, because the Steelers-Raiders. Because you really don't know much about each team from their first uh, two games. And I don't know what it is, but, I mean – I'm going to go Steelers. I'm going to go Steelers on this one in a very close, low-scoring game. I'm going to just say the Steelers come out with a victory. I think T.J. Watt has another great game, and I think the Steelers won. 
I am. I'm going to be on the flip side. I'm taking the Raiders. I think the I think the Steelers won Achilles' heel this season has been they cannot stop the run. I think Josh Jacobs finally has a big game. Um, and then Josh McDaniels, folks, going to be get the ball out quick. Don't turn the football over. Um, agreed. Going to be a low scoring game. I do think the Raiders prevail and get a big win Sunday night at home. Um, Monday night we got another doubleheader starting with the Eagles at the Bucks. Yeah, so Jalen Hurts' first ever playoff loss was to Tom Brady at Tampa, I believe, in 2021. So, I mean, yes. don't really call it a revenge game because he made the Super Bowl but that last year. But I think uh, Jalen Hurts goes in and he wins, wins I think, with, with ease. I think this is the game where the, uh, Philadelphia really shows, shows the NFL why they're still a top three team in the league. I think Philly wins with ease with this one. I think the, the Bucs, um, people realize the Bucs are good, but they're not that good. So... I'm on the flip side. I, I'm taking, taking the, the Bucks. No, I'm I'm taking the Eagles. Okay. okay. However, okay. this to me is the trap game of the week. Um, I would not be shocked if the Bucks win this game. I I was torn. Like I sat here for a hot minute thinking about this game. I hope they do. As a Giants fan, <laughs> and you as a Cowboys fan, we hope the Bucks win. But <laughs> I I I truly sat here and I'm like, how can I word this to say the Bucks are going to win? Um, I, I, the Eagles are a better team. I, but I do think the Bucks defense matches up really well against the Eagles offense. Um, I think what I'm more worried about is the Bucks offense going up against the Eagles defense. Hey, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I do think the Eagles walk away out of a messy win once again, but I'm telling you now, this is the trap game of the week. If there's a major upset to happen, it's going to be this game. Do not be surprised. I'm taking the Eagles. But I will not be shocked whatsoever if the Bucks win. Okay. I like that take. That's an interesting take. I like it. And to round out the week, Rams at Bengals. Hello, Super Bowl rematch. I, I had, yeah. I, told I completely – totally I'm like, wait a second. This looks familiar. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, what? Probably the most random Super Bowl in the last 20 years, two years ago, when it was uh, Rams-Bengals in L.A. So, I just – I don't see a, a universe where – whether or not Joe Burr is 100% or if he's even playing, I just don't see – Cincinnati starting 0-3. I just – I can't envision it. I'm going Bengals here, and I think their fans, they finally get revenge for that Super Bowl because as an NFL fan, it was third and one, and they couldn't get that one extra yard, and Furrow had a little more time. Jamar Chase was open. He was open, beat Ramsey, and would have had the game-winning touchdown. So I think the uh, Cincinnati fans get the first win of the season and finally get well-deserved revenge against the Rams. So I have a caveat with my pick on – I don't think Joe Burrow plays. So with that being said, I'm taking the Rams. However, and for anyone who, by the way, at home doesn't know, Brad and I, uh, as part of the podcast, we have an ESPN Pickums League. So that way we can keep track of our picks. Everyone can jump in. We can see your picks, whatever. Yeah, um, oh, it's great. Yeah, it's great. And maybe next week we'll also give our records too to show. I think I checked <laughs> before. We're both like, I think there was one game you didn't submit. So you're on 18 and 14 on the year. You're 18 and 13. We're very, okay. very close. Um, I digress. I'm taking Rams over the Bengals because I don't think Burrow plays. However, if he does play, I'm letting everyone know my my pick switches to the Bengals. Uh, <laughs> this is not me trying to give a cop out. I will switch it in advance. It locks at game time. Um, and I know this is a cop-out. I think if Joe Burrow misses this game, I can't see the Rams losing. I think they're a much better team than we give them credit for. However, on the flip side, if Burrow does play, you're right. I can't see Cincinnati going 0-3. Um, obviously, Joe Burrow's health is a massive question mark for this game. 1,000%. I mean, 
obviously, as you can tell by my, by my decision, it's like it, it it will cost them the game or not cost them the game. So, <laughs> um, but this week, I'm really excited. I think this is going to be a good Monday Night Football slate. I think these two games are much better than the games we had uh, uh, the other night. Yeah, agreed. Awesome. 1,000%. Awesome games. For sure, for sure. Well, this week, I think week three is not going to be the same week two that we had. So we will probably uh, – we'll make it exciting next In week. In terms but, of uh, – you think you think more blowouts? Yeah, I just think yeah. there's so much, so many more one-sided I agree. games. I agree. At least, I don't, at, least the, I, at least the Monday night games are good. But other than that – Yeah, exactly. Other than that, I think we have a lot of games where it's like they're, they're pretty easy to pick them. But, um, yeah. but we'll see. That's why we watch football. You never know until – till sunday comes but um but that's our show that's red zone talk um brad like always glad glad to do this with you and of course um, thank you i enjoy i enjoy this every week so i will we'll, we have all the way until february so i'm i'm looking forward to them even more with the draft coming up so i'm looking forward so thank you paul thank you again uh, for doing this with me and to our listeners i hope you enjoy enjoyed it and if you have any questions shoot us a dm uh and we're gonna put some polls out make sure you vote in them as well Yes, please. Any questions, anything, any topics that you want us to cover, please, please, please let us know. We'll make sure to include it on the pod. Um, we'll, you know, not only answer your question, but turn it into a talking point. Um, so much appreciated. And um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see everyone next week on Red Zone Talk.